Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Hey, listen up, everybody. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go, here we go. Here. I want to be making a toast to my beautiful bride-to-be. Listen, you know, I don't make my living using words, so this is going to be kind of hard for me, okay? But, but here it goes. Carla? Well, you know... Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and joining me again is longtime friend and contributor of the show from the SNL Nerds podcast. Please welcome Mr. John Trumbull. What's up, John? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me back. It's always it's always fun to come back and talk about Cheers again. That's why I keep bringing you back, because it's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) You're fun to talk to. Uh, I have asked this question on the two previous episodes, but I want to get your take on this, too. Overall, big picture impressions of the change in our leading lady. How well do you think Rebecca was integrated into the show? And what do you think of the transfer from Diane to Rebecca? What do you think that did for the show? Well, first off, I thought Diane looked different. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was something going on. I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, a lot more eyeshadow this time around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, did she change her hair? I, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, big picture. Well, I remember when I was originally watching the show, I was already like all in on cheers. I think I first started watching it regularly, probably like the third or fourth season. Maybe I, I can't exactly remember, but, I, but I'd definitely been watching it by a few years at this point. And I mean, there was there was some nervousness about the replacement uh, because Diane was such a huge part of the show. But I really think they they handled it beautifully. I love they didn't just bring in a new waitress character. They changed the whole dynamic of the show. Mm -hmm. And that really freshened it up like, oh, yeah, Sam sold the bar and this woman is the new boss and manager. And that gave them new notes to play. And. Even though they 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 had a a Sam Rebecca thing going on a will they won't they thing, it wasn't the driving force of the show that Sam and Diane was. It became just kind of like another color in the palette. Uh, Diane leaving it kind of made Cheers more of an ensemble show because it it wasn't as centrally defined by the the Sam Rebecca relationship the way it was the Sam Diane relationship. You know, right. And I think that definitely gave the show more life in the long run. I feel like if Shelley Long had stayed with the show, it probably wouldn't have run as long as it did if they hadn't made that transition halfway through. And 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 nothing against Diane. I'm not saying like Diane is worse than Rebecca or, or whatever. I, I love them both. But I think they would have kept playing that same note a lot. And there probably weren't too many variations left to take the Sam and Diane relationship. So I think this gave it, gave the show a shot in the arm and, and gave it a few more years of extra life. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly as we talked about a lot last season, I I mean, had they gotten married, had they stayed like the, the show itself might've had to change into something else, more of a domestic comedy rather than the the cheer sort of workplace with the the romantic driving plot. It might've, had a a facelift in and of itself even if she had stayed but also and i mean would the audience have responded to that would they have enjoyed that as much and then also with shelly long's 
relationships behind the scenes backstage with the other cast members, it might not have lasted another couple seasons. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think she said like you know she had the best relationship with Nicholas Colasanto, and she was kind of mm-hmm. I think left on her own after he passed. Um, right. And and it seems like the 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 cast and crew really bonded with Kirstie Alley, and she really fit right in right from the go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was interesting to watch these, ep- uh, this episode that we're going to talk about uh, today, because it's still kind of embryonic Rebecca Howe when they, when she was still like the hard ass mm-hmm. and they hadn't made her into the neurotic mess that she became later on. So it's, it's kind of interesting. They haven't entirely figured out the character yet or, or, they haven't entirely figured out how she best works, I suppose. At this point, she's still more of a foil for Sam in right. the in the in the sense of being, you know, trying to harsh his mellow, trying to ruin his good time. You know, he right. She's the ice queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of like him trying to score with her, she's always shutting him down. But also, like whatever whatever the hijinks du jour is for that particular episode, whatever fun they want to have. In this case, we'll see she's the one who's, you know, popping the balloons or trying to do something. He has to work around her. And we see that uh, in, in the next two episodes, uh, because that's going to get us into what we're here to talk about. Season six, episode three, little Carla happy at last part one. This one is written by Sherry Aiken and Bill Steinkellner. Uh, as listeners know, uh, they were a, a writing couple who eventually got married. She eventually became Sherry Steinkellner. Uh, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date for this one was Thursday, October 15th, 1987. People might notice that that is two weeks after the previous episode, episode two. Um, so my uh, Cliffy's little known fact for this episode is... In the third week of what would have been, Cheers was preempted on Thursday the 8th for the baseball playoffs on NBC. Mm. Uh, on that night, uh, October 8th, er, yeah, October 8th, uh, the Minnesota Twins beat the Detroit Tigers in game two of the AL Championship Series. So it, it's kind of funky in this episode, like early on, Carla says, Oh, Eddie's known that I've been pregnant for a week and he hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And we see her tell him in the season premiere. So I'm I'm wondering, like, okay, was this supposed to be the second episode of the season? I'm very I'm very confused about by that. Yeah, yeah, just weird, like how much time is passing and what's going on. Um, and especially because the the previous episode covered an entire week's time, as right. documented by Sam being on the show. So, yeah, interesting how that plays out. But yeah, yeah. When I was working on my uh, my my Cheers uh, Fraser chronology, this this bit was a little confusing. Like trying to <laughs> trying to get this to work, and and I was I think I I finally had to just position it by the uniforms they wear their oh, uniforms yeah. in in the early episodes of the season. But even that's kind of inconsistent. I think like in the last episode they wreck their uniforms and then they're just in street clothes for the rest of the episode. They do that in the TV, and see if that wasn't the case, we could almost make the argument because. Well, I, I'll get into this after the synopsis, but you know, like, they, like, all, like eight days goes by in the middle of this episode right. because of like the transition from one scene to the next. So you could almost say that the first part of this takes place before last episode, and then last episode happens like in between. Anyway, well, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe Ion Sports takes place during the the, the week, week in between, gap. like leading up to the one. Yeah, well, that makes let, sense. That, that, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll see. Well. We'll figure that out in a second. Let me actually get to the summary. So, in case anybody hasn't watched this episode, they know what we're talking about. Okay, Carla is in a foul mood. 
well, fouler than usual, perhaps, because she hasn't heard from Eddie LeBeck since he found out that she was pregnant with his kid. As if on cue, Eddie comes back to Cheers to see her, and more importantly, to ask her to marry him. She agrees, and the gang celebrates with champagne, and Eddie tells Carla that he'll support her and she doesn't need to work anymore. Sam volunteers Cheers for the reception, going over Rebecca's head, but he smooths it over with her by encouraging her to invite her boss, Evan Drake. Meanwhile, the wedding is planned around the anxieties of the two most superstitious people in Boston. And yet, all seems to be going well until Eddie comes to Cheers on the day of the wedding and sees Carla there only to pick up her last paycheck. Despite violating the biggest premarital superstition, Eddie declares that he won't let those fears rule his life and stop him from marrying the woman he loves. He tempts fate even more by breaking a mirror and spilling salt. Carla is convinced that misfortune will rain down on them, and one, two, three, it seems to. First, a call from Carla's doctor reveals that she's pregnant with twins, which for anyone counting will bring her total number of children up to eight. Octomom! <laughs> Second, her firstborn, Anthony Tortelli, and his young bride, Annie, return to Boston from the canceled Tortelli spinoff show and need to move in with Carla and the rest of the family. And third, Eddie's mother doesn't approve of Carla. That final domino seals the deal for Eddie, and he calls off the wedding. All righty. So what did you think of this first part of Little Carla Happy at Last? Uh, we, I mean, they've got a whole lot of misfortune pouring on them <laughs> all at once. Um <laughs> I like how they really escalated it. Um, You know, I mean, I think most shows, a lot of shows would be just satisfied with, oh, just have the kids move back in or, or have them be twins and and this, but I mean, they pile all this stuff on that and it, and it's, it's really good writing. I think it's, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it really escalates it well. So uh, it, the stakes seem very, very high. I don't I don't know if it's the funniest episode of Cheers, but uh, but it's a decent episode. I'd, I'd say it's solid overall. It's fun. Yeah. And I think, I mean, again, I mean, I, last season when they first introduced the character of uh, Eddie LeBeck, I, I sang Jay Thomas's praises and I, I won't get into the circumstances of his leaving the show until a later date when it becomes more relevant. But he is a character that I wish we saw more of. I, I really like the energy he brought to the show and his scenes with Carla. I thought he was just a funny addition, a great kind of comic actor in his own right. I wish things had been different behind the scenes and he had stayed on the show uh, for more than he did. So, yeah. So once they see him and like to have like this episode really f- focusing around Carla and Eddie and their like kind of like superstitions, it, it's nice. It's a nice jolt of energy it might not be as funny but it's still sweet and endearing in its own way mm-hmm. uh, and we really get that from the the proposal i think is very sweet the way it pulls off before that however um getting into the teaser uh we see sam in rebecca's office and yes the green uniforms are back that is a, a sort of a plot line for this this two-parter um sam is taking a personal call or perhaps several personal calls in rebecca's office uh when she comes in he has to hang up and uh, she's not she is very upset with him taking these calls and he's like he how does he explain it super strength sammy has been off the shelves for a year and there's a lot of pent-up demand yeah um 
Great and Rebecca to makes it clear that she doesn't find him charming, and she gets another call for Sam while he's still there, and she kind of, from some woman named Simone, and she blows her off. And Sam's like, you just cost me a roll in the hay. She's like, well, I owe you one. He's like, yeah, you're on. And she's like, yeah, I didn't mean that. So it ends with her chasing him out. So what do you think of the teaser? Uh, uh, pretty funny. I like we're, we're seeing Sam just kind of making himself at home in the office because until very recently, that was his office. And it's it's kind of reestablishing the Sam-Rebecca dynamic for maybe people who had missed the premiere. So, yeah, I, th- I think it works pretty well. It's funny, in in as much as in the first episode he basically had to beg for this job, Mm -hmm. once he gets it, he he doesn't act like he's worried about his job security. He's really he's really to push her ready to push her buttons pretty constantly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sam's probably not the best employee in the world. No, no, yeah. You figure like if he didn't own the bar in the first place, he should have been fired several times. But yeah, yeah. Um, once we get into the episode proper, Norm is reading the headlines about a scientist who found a parrot claiming to be Elvis. Uh, and of course, Cliff is like, so? Because he doesn't find anything shocking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Frazier naturally is disgusted that, you know, people are taken in by these sensationalistic headlines. And then Norm is like, well, how about this one? I am Sigmund Freud's love child. And Frazier's response, no. And yeah. Like the way Kelsey Grammer gets into that. And he, he rambles something like, I'd heard rumors that he cheated on Martha, but I never dreamed there were progeny. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I love the, the formal phrasing for <laughs> Frazier. And yeah. And, and then, and then he realizes that they're playing a joke on him and he goes, you rap scallion. <laughs> yeah. You rap scallions. <laughs> Well, proving proving that even somebody as uh, highbrow as Frazier can be taken in by the sensational if it's something that appeals to his nature. Yeah. Right, right. And then Woody comes in from the back room and he's whistling, and Carla is basically telling him how much his situation sucks. What is he whistling for? And she convinces him, and he's like, "Wow, yeah, my life really does stink." And then he keeps whistling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, then this is where Carla reveals that her crappy mood is because she hasn't heard from Eddie yet. She says it's been a week. Um, and then at that moment, Eddie shows up and uh, she's like, I'm going on break. And just as a customer is like asking her for the order and she just gives the customer her notepad. And she's like, hey, if it, just write down what you want to drink and give it to Howdy Doody over the bar. Yeah. And it cuts to Woody and he's like, gives a big wave and a smile. <laughs> That's very Woody. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, and then Eddie says he has this question and he's kind of pussyfooting around it. It's not the kind of question a guy wants to ask unless he knows the answer. And she's like, well, it's hard to give you an answer unless I know what the question is. And, yeah. and he keeps dancing around and then finally she just grabs him by the throat. She's like, ask me, you little frog. And he doesn't even say, marry me. He's like, just would you? And she says, yes. And she jumps up on the table and starts kissing him like in his lap. That's- yeah. And yeah. This is what I what I meant by just kind of like the, the sweetness of them as a couple at this early yeah, stage. Yeah, and, like, and they have a nice chemistry together. I can <laughs> you can totally see why they why they brought the Eddie Lebec character back and why they decided to marry Carla off to him because you know again it's something new to do with the character. We haven't seen her with anybody. We've seen her with her ex uh, Nick before, but we've we've never seen her in like a stable relationship. <laughs> Right, and, yeah, the closest one she had, what was it, season two or three, she was dating some guy with a bad heart condition, and that that was only like a one-off episode, but yeah, right. usually usually her, she doesn't have much in the way of romantic subplots, and if they are, they're, they're kind of usually about her being pregnant, 
who is the father in this right. time. Right. Yeah. So um and and they really are painting Eddie as a good guy and a good match for Carla. And mm-hmm. and you can and it's it's weird kind of watching this in the context of what they did with the character later when they decided <laughs> to write him out on the show, because it's just like there is no foreshadowing, not even a hint that he has another side to him. Right, of course, yeah. And at this point, like he, he he's he's almost well, he seems like too good to be true. He seems like he's too, he's more successful yeah. than anybody except for Sam in terms of like just being like uh, he is a working professional athlete at this point. He's still yeah. with the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, hey, don't worry about this, uh, honey. You know, I'll, I'll buy us a, a new bigger house soon with my earnings from, you know, as a, as a goalie and, you know, we'll, we'll go on a uh, honeymoon to, to Waikiki and. <laughs> and <laughs> she, yeah. She goes, Waikiki, Honolulu, Hawaii. And he goes, sure. We'll hit all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> so may, maybe tipping my hand, but like my whole money, one of my favorite parts is like, he tells her he doesn't want a lot of hoopla. He doesn't want a lot of people to find out. She's like, can I just ask, can I just tell Sammy that, that we're getting married? He's like, yeah, that's fine. She runs across the bar screaming, hey, Sammy, we're getting married. Yeah, yeah, that that was cute. I also like when he's uh, doing the toast to his and Carla's engagement. <laughs> yeah. He just goes, well, Carla, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the guys all holding champagne, they're like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that, that was really cute. Uh, you know he's he's dumb, but he's dumb in a not in the same way that like Woody or Coach were. Uh, right. So. He's he's a little bit more self aware because he even prefaces it. He's like, I'm not good with words. That's not how I make my living. Right, <laughs> like with communication, right. he's like, so this isn't going to be easy for me to come up with a toast. So it's just yeah, like, you know. And they're like, oh yeah, that's about as good. So. And then after he tells her that they'll they'll he'll with his money he's gonna get a pay bump and like contract extension, and then he'll buy them a new house. And she says, You mean I can just sit around the house eating peanut butter out of a jar and watching my toenails grow? Yeah. He's like, that's just quite a catch, Ed. Yeah. And that's when Sam volunteers the bar for the wedding reception, kind of going uh-huh. out of his way to like, oh, upstage Rebecca or volunteer like her. And she's, she doesn't like being upstage, but Sam kind of quickly dodges that bullet by saying, Hey, you know what would be a good, uh, good idea? Your boss, Evan Drake is a sports fan, isn't he? Why don't you bring him to the, invite him so he can see the wedding? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think again, it's, it's sort of like what we saw in the teaser where Sam is kind of forgetting it's not his bar anymore. And yep, it's, yep. it's not really his place to volunteer the bar for the reception. Right. <laughs> and, and Rebecca understandably takes uh, umbrage to that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I, I think that's, that's a good note to play uh, between Sam and Rebecca in this early episode where, you know, they're, they're clashing a little bit where Sam's kind of forgetting that he's not the boss anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he can't do that sort of thing. Yeah. But, and I mean, even though they, they dumb Sam down quite a bit in these, in these seasons, in this era, but mm-hmm. he's still worldly enough and a, a student of character enough that he knows how she feels about her boss. And he's got it. He's like, Hey, cause as soon as she's like, you undermined me, you're going to pay for this. And he's like, Hey, you know what? And he, you can use this as an opportunity to score with your, uh, the guy you're crushing on and everything. And mm-hmm. he, he knows how to manipulate her well enough yeah. that she lets him slide. 
Yeah, he still has some of the the Sam Malone street smarts uh, yeah. from the early seasons, and yeah, and I I like Sam when he's a little shrewd, right? Um, right. Um, and, he, definitely, and she, he definitely got dumber as the show went on. Yeah, she's she's like you should smile more, but not smugly or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's a big deal about they they make about when the wedding has to take place because they have their lucky numbers and all and all of these things like the stars have to be in perfect alignment for these two, and it basically sets up they have to get married in eight days from then or something right, like that. Right, right. And, and her lucky number is. Two and his lucky number is three, so they decide to get married on either the twenty third or the thirty second. Yeah, and I like it. She gives him a second to think about. It. She's like, and he's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah." But that's like he he at least like recognizes that's not right. So they they set it up so they have to get married on this particular day by four o'clock. So we we jump basically eight a week in time uh, and get to the next one. And Norm approaches. Uh, Cliff and Frazier, and he's like, good idea. His buddy Bruce, who I, I believe is the same Bruce that he mentioned when Sam was getting the engagement ring for Diane. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, this like guy, this guy behind the scenes who can get things at ridiculously low cost below retail. And he says that Bruce can give them the kitchen set that Carla wanted for over two-thirds of the retail price. And he's like walking off, and Frazier's like, there's no chance this is stolen merchandise, is there? And Norma's like, of course not. By the way, if anyone asks, you never heard of Bruce. We can't find the receipt. And if you see me outside, call me Larry. Yeah. And Frazier's just like, well, that sets my mind at ease. Kelsey <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Grammer just plays those notes beautifully. He does. He does. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's one of the things I noticed. I mean, it, like early on, while there's obviously this is a Carla centric episode with a major guest star in Eddie, and they're still establishing Rebecca. So she's got lots to do with Sam. In episodes like this, you know, Norm, Cliff, Frazier, Woody, they might only get two or three lines or little, little beats, yeah. little moments, but they're so familiar with these characters now. They're so in their skin that like each one is just really good. They, they just kind of nail it. Um, when, when earlier in the episode, when they're talking about the potential honeymoon destinations, Norm has a little mini monologue about going to New Orleans. And he's like, yeah, there was this great spot I went after my wedding. And he talks all about it. He's like, a perfect place. And then Vera dragged down, <laughs> Vera tracked me down and ruined it. And yeah, just... yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. I, I feel like the stuff that the other characters had to do in this episode, it's kind of arbitrary. I mean, it was just kind of like, okay, well, we've got to have something for Norm and Cliff to do. And we got to have something for Woody. We got to give him a few lines. And yeah, it, it seems a little arbitrary, but, uh, you know, they, they do what they have to do very well. Yeah. Is it substantive? Is it very meaningful? No. Is it funny? Most of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that kind of, that's the excuse. Then we see Sam has this big bowl and he's mixing up what, what he calls his good luck wedding punch. And he says, this never fails. <laughs> what he's like, isn't that the stuff you made when you were getting married to Miss Chambers? Yeah. And he just like stops pouring. He's like, what do you go flush this somewhere? <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it, I, one thing I think the show did very well in the Rebecca era was they did the periodic references to Diane. Yeah. And they didn't make too much of a meal of it. They didn't do it so often that it was intrusive, but they did it just enough that you kind of laughed if you knew the history. And and they referred to it probably about as much as you would 
in real life, you know? Right. And it would be so, and I think other shows might be afraid of that kind of continuity and other shows. I know sometimes when there was a cast change, they never mention it. They never reference that character again as if they cease to exist. Lots of shows would do that. And it would be easy, especially when you're still trying to cement Rebecca as this new character that we're supposed to accept this new status quo. It might be dangerous to remind all the audience of the halcyon days when diane was there but like you're like no we're gonna we're gonna mention that like they do it right up front when in the first episode of the season like when when uh, they are like hey where did whatever happened to diane and they make fun of the fact that she left like they put they, yeah. they use it as a joke yeah yeah and and we find out like i mean because she left to write the to write a novel, novel and then they say and no then, now she's and then for TV. like no she's trying to write for tv now yeah. <laughs> Uh, now that I, I think of it, I wonder if any of that was like maybe a little jab at Shelley Long for leaving the show because there might have been some hard feelings about it that they were like she was leaving them in the lurch a bit because she was you know trying to go off and be a movie star. I, I mean, I think so. I, I, yeah. I it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there wasn't any love loss there. I don't know, yes. Uh, yes. but. We find out that Carla's marriage to Nick was officially annulled. Um, she, yeah. she's like, it took forever, but the process got sped up when Nick tried to sell the bishop his watch. Yeah, yeah. And and it, that's kind of funny because they were married for like literal years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ages ago, I watched like the first episode of the Tortellis, which I do not recommend. Right. Uh, but but they they do have like Rhea Perlman makes a cameo in the first episode in like a dream sequence and she says like oh you and I were married for X number of years and and that was very helpful in, in doing the chronology so at least the Tortellis justified their existence in that way. There you go. Yeah. Um, anyway, Carla comes back to the bar. Um, so who knows if she has been working this time or not? But she comes in to get her last paycheck from Rebecca. Eddie walks in, sees her. They both freak out and scream. This is a big superstitious no-no. Yeah. So, uh, like, they're and oh, they're almost like that. Like, well, we got to call the wedding off. This is it. We we've broken the biggest taboo. But Eddie decides that he won't be ruled this way. So he's like, he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to prove to you that that I don't believe in the superstitious stuff anymore. He's like, uh, and he asks Woody, he's like, where's the mirror that Sam is always checking himself out in? Yeah. And then Woody hands Sam, or Woody hands Eddie Sam's little hand, handheld mirror, and Eddie just smashes it in yeah. the background. Sam is just like, hey, that's my mirror. Yeah, I love, I love how. Uh... Ted Danson just kind of underplays that. He's like, hey, that's my mirror. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all the funnier because of that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, he dumps salt all over the bar. bar. He's like, which, which shoulder do you throw it over to make sure you d- uh, don't get bad? Like, and she's like, the left shoulder. And instead of throwing it over the right, he just sprays, the, like, blows the salt all over the bar and everything. Right. And she's, like, trying to counteract it by throwing the salt over her shoulder, going, forgive him, oh, Lord. He's stupid. He's a hockey player. And, you know, and it's, it's nice that they're picking up the superstitious thread from eddie's introductory episode right is for yeah, yeah um you know that's that's a good way to play it and it's it's a nice character trait i don't know if they ever went back to the superstition in a big way after this but you know it's it's nice that they didn't forget it i suppose yeah yeah exactly um there's like oh, there's nothing wrong no no doom is going to come down and everything and at that point the phone rings and carla it's her doctor she had some tests and She's having twins, and uh, what a Sam's like, he's like, hey, congratulations, I had twins once, it was the happiest day of my life. 
But, yeah. Yeah, and, and Eddie is like, she's sure. He's like, no, this just means we're twice blessed. Twins will be fine. It's like, uh, well, this this is a good thing. Take it as a good sign. And then Anthony and Annie Tortelli show up, and I don't know if I I've talked about them with you, but. Credit to the the actors and actress. Um, Timothy Williams played Anthony, and Manny Ingber plays Annie. And for as much as Nick Tortelli is like this bizarre acting specimen played by <laughs> to, to like this perfect note, like if if anybody could play a junior version of that, yeah. Tim Williams does an incredible job channeling that energy. He, he, and I don't know this actor from anything else other than yeah, this part. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything else, but like he was born to play a young Nick Tortelli. He just, he has he the voice, really he has well the mannerisms, almost yeah. the walk. Yeah. He, I mean, he looks the part you could, you could buy him being the offspring of Rhea Perlman and uh, Dan Hedaya. Um, and he, he really, get something of Dan Hedaya's uh, cadences in there. And he's like, ah, mom, you know, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he gets just enough of that, that you really buy him as Nick's son. Um, he like and, shuts down like, like Eddie like, He's like, I'm not calling you dad. He's like, you only knocked up my mother. So she'd have to marry you. <laughs> it's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. And then uh, he like tells him, he's like, sorry, mom, the guy was asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now both of these characters appeared on cheers before they were on the Tortellis, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they were cast by the Cheers people, and then they yes. were both on the spinoff. And this is the first, and is it maybe the only time we see them after the spinoff was canceled? No, we'll see them again later this season. Okay. Okay. So um, I mean, it, it's kind of cool that they brought them back. I don't. They did they because they they don't bring they don't bring Nick and Loretta back until the eleventh season, until the very end of the show. Right when they were doing sort of a victory lap of all. Yeah. The uh, yeah. <laughs> season eleven is basically bring back all the old favorites. Right, right. You know that we even had uh, Andy, Andy, Harry, Andy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's nice that they didn't totally forget them and totally discount them after the the, the yeah. failure of the Tortellis. <laughs> yeah. Um. And anyway, they make a deal that like they they've left uh, Las Vegas, they've moved back to Boston, they need a place to live, so they have to move in with Carla, and so. She she's already going to have this will be her eighth child now like with like, her daughter in law moving in she'll have nine kids in the house and everything and and then with Eddie so um and what as they're as they're storming off even Annie has this line she she's describing uh, Anthony she goes he has the white hot passion of his race and I have the envy of every woman I know. And it's not a Loretta line, but it feels like the type of line a woman enthralled by Nick or by like the Tortellis would be like, this is something that Carla would have said 15 years earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when you're hip, when you're hypnotized by, by Nick Tortelli, this is how you feel like this is the kind of thing you would say. Right. <laughs> right. So it's just, yeah, perfect. And then, so yeah, so all of that. And then the final drop is that Eddie's mom shows up. Um, Mama Lebec, played by Janet Brandt, who appeared in over 30 different shows from the 1950s to the early 90s, uh, including The Incredible Hulk. Uh, oh. She appeared in Fantasy Island. She appeared in Trapper John MD and Chips, to name just a few of the shows that she was on during this time. She she speaks only in French when she's talking to Eddie, so we don't really know what the, but she goes to give Carla a hug, and who does she hug? But Rebecca instead of Carla. Right. And they're like, no, 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 ma. 
this is Carla, the shorter, more pregnant one. And yeah. and she just kind of laughs at that and hugs Rebecca again. Yeah, yeah. She just refuses to even yeah. <laughs> uh, accept the idea that Carla could be her, her daughter in law. And once they make it clear that they're not joking, then she very declaratively like forbids this and and walks out she rejects carla and leaves and eddie has to go after her and when he comes back he basically says yeah he can't go against his mama and the wedding is off and carla thinks she's joking but he's not he makes it clear wedding's off and then it's to be continued yeah Uh, so what did you think of this first part overall I mean, it's it's a pretty good cliffhanger. Like I said, I like how they escalate it and they pile on the problems <laughs> yeah. in the last five minutes. I mean, yeah, you really do see that they they have a lot of things against them. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, you, they really paint Eddie as a good guy because, you know, everything he's just like, hey, it's cool. Hey, we're having twins. That's awesome. Hey, the more the barrier with, with your kids moving in. Yeah. And then, and then, but his uh, his mother disapproving. That's that's the thing. That's that's the other shoe dropping. Mm. So, yeah, I, I like that. Like as you said, just like the escalation. Oh, she's gonna have twins. Like this will bring her kid count up to eight. Oh, yeah. we're bringing back her her other son and his his uh, bride. Yeah. And just Anthony being a surrogate for Nick works. Because I mean, it w- it would have been cool if we would have had a Nick. And Eddie scene of just some sort of acknowledging of uh, of Carla's old ex husband and her new uh-huh. guy. Um, we don't get that, but Anthony sort of stepping in and kind of filling that role is okay. Is is yeah. kind of funny um, as an, more as an acknowledgement of her past as she's trying to move to that future and this sort of thing. Like eh, it's not going to be that easy. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like I think like the the first half of the episode. When we get, we deal with the proposal and the wedding plans and all the happiness, like Carla, she might finally get her happy day and everything seems to be going well. It's really sweet. And it's really, this is a woman who has earned it, I'm sure. Um, and then the second act, when we get there, oh crap, they broke the, the cardinal rule. You don't see the bride before the wedding and all of the stuff that starts to go wrong which she thinks because of Eddie's behavior of flaunting it and flagrantly defying these customs. Right. Um, Because she even, she's like, he, he, he broke the mirror. He, he uh, tossed this off and I'm the one having twins. She's like, yeah, yeah. The shoulder. She's like, I'm suffering for it. So, um, for Norm's tab for this episode, he had three beers, uh, which brings his uh, total up to 494 for the series. Who did you have for your employee of the week or your MVP? Um, it's kind of, it's kind of a tough choice. I mean, it's it's a it's a very Carla and Eddie centric episode. Um, so I I guess I'd have to give it to one of them. I I guess I'm I'm going to give it to Carla just because it's you know it's her story more than anyone's, and and Rhea Perlman does does very well. That's good. That's good. I was kind of split, but I actually, I went with Eddie. So I'm glad that we're kind of split because it's, well, there you it's, go. it's so much theirs. Yeah. 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 I feel weird giving it to anybody else in this episode. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Um, for the home run uh, or or the fa- favorite gag, I already tipped mine. But my my favorite part is when she asked Eddie, "Well, can I just tell Sam and just let him know that we're getting married?" And he's like, uh-huh. "Yeah, sure, that, that's okay." And then just running across, shouting, "Hey, Sammy, me and Eddie are getting married!" And the whole bar finds. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. I I went a little more esoteric with my home run. I think. The joke that tickled me the most was at the end when they're asking Frazier to translate what Eddie's mother said. (laughs) And uh, he said, he said, then she said she'd rather be dragged around town by her tongue or else she called you a small grapefruit. (laughs) Um, That's that one got me. I, I like that one a lot. <laughs> that was good too. Um, my my runner up. You mentioned it. My runner up was just Sam, just going, "Hey, that's my mirror." Mm-hmm. <laughs> after after Eddie broke it, just the way he plays it, like that's what he cares about. In this yeah, moment. he's like, "Hey, that's my mirror," what? and he's he's just he's just so distressed. He he just says it so quietly. It just breaks his heart. It's it's, it, it's, like, it's beautiful. It's like not only it's like oh, you could have broken any mirror, but also you're like that's that's mine. I use that all the time. I need yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I need I mean, that. Ted Danson, he's got Sam Malone down so yeah. well at this point. I mean, he could play the part in his sleep. I bet. I mean, is mm-hmm. he just he just knows Sam backwards and forwards, and so every note is just pitch perfect, man. Right. Uh, all right. Well, John, thank you very much for covering uh, this first part of the two-parter, and uh, I think we can have you back next week for the, a follow-up episode. But until we get to that one, where else can our listeners find you in the podcastosphere? Okay. Well, um, you can find me on the SNL Nerds podcast. Uh, I do that with my buddy Darren Patterson every week. We're two uh, comics from New Jersey. We talk about Saturday Night Live. When it's on, when it's off, or on the summer hiatus, we we talk about movies starring SNL alums. So we're doing that. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. What's wrong? Nothing. Everything's aces. It's just that, hey, when you called about getting remarried, I realized how much I love you. I just wanted to be with you on this day. And? Uh, And that's TV shopping went under. We got evicted, and I can't get unemployment because Daddy didn't acclaim me an employee. Well, I'm just glad my little boy's here for my wedding. What about his lovely wife? I'm just glad my little boy's here for my wedding.